Hey guys, and welcome back to the Sendable Insider podcast. Today I'm with Heather. Uh, Heather heads up our customer success department at Sendable. Heather, do you want to give everyone some background? Yeah, thanks so much, Gavin. Happy to be on today. So I joined Sendable back in January of 2019. Uh, when I joined, there were two of us in the customer success department, and I joined to help represent the U.S. market and support our U.S. customers. Um, so over the last 10, 11 months, um, we've been able to grow the customer success team to be able to support more of our customers um, and just build a stronger team. And one of our principles at Sendable is to get closer to our customers. So we wanted to be able to build a team in the U.S. Um, since most of our customers are based over there. When Heather was our first American hire. So maybe Heather, do you want to just explain how you went about applying for the role in the CS team initially and what made you want to apply for a fully remote position? Yeah, that's, that's a good <laughs> question. So I initially found the role online, I believe through WeWork Remotely. Um, and at that point I was, I had experience working remote kind of in and out, not 100% all the time, but I knew I really enjoyed remote working. I really liked the direction um, that it, it was taking. And I was close with a lot of individuals who had been working full-time remote. And I think I was able to see the productivity behind it. I come from a background of working in hospitality where day in and day out, it's very chaotic. And then just, I have found that being in an office environment, sometimes you can get very distracted. So I have found myself to be much more productive in kind of this remote environment. And I think it also opens up flexibility to be able to be in different areas, more creative, different things like that. So I knew that was an interest of mine. Funny enough, I have a very dear friend who moved to London after she got married about two years ago. So probably when I saw Sendable, the first thing that caught my eye was that it was a London-based company. And when I saw that you guys were looking for someone in the US, I thought it would be an awesome opportunity for myself for growth to join a team kind of in this new environment, new role, and be able to contribute so much with the goal of understanding eventually maybe I could help build a U.S. team and build more presence in the U.S. Cool, yeah. So we, we spoke about Rachel uh, kind of setting up the CS department initially and then moving into product. And I know she handed everything over to yourself. And you were left with the task of building up a team, like growing that, that CS team. Do you want to explain that whole process, what happened, how the handover took place, and uh, how you went about building that team from scratch? Yeah, I was nervous, that's for <laughs> sure. But luckily, Rachel had had set me up for success with that. Um, when I first started, she really took me through the ropes and everything she had created. She really taught me everything that she was doing and why we do it and kind of the fundamentals behind Sendable and, and customer success as it was then. Um, so we knew we wanted to grow the team in order to support more customers. We knew we had to have more of a presence in the U.S., um, but we also didn't want to lose focus on our other time zones either. So we opened two roles, one that would be based out of the U.S., and then one that would be more Europe-based to cover uh, these other time zones. We again used WeWork remotely, but we definitely promoted it a lot on LinkedIn, um, I think company-wide. We love to just share on LinkedIn different opportunities that we have. That's the best way to get more people from your network to see them and to share out as well. One thing that was really important that I think for myself and Rachel as we started to review candidates and talk with them was finding individuals that we knew wanted to work remote but were really fully capable of working 
really remote. Coming on myself, being in the U.S. and having everyone else being in London or in a different area, I knew kind of what what went into that of being separated and really having to take on the responsibility of, of learning and, and being productive. So we wanted to make sure that the individuals we were speaking with were ones who, who really could do that and, and understood that. And for someone else who's trying to build a remote team from scratch, what sort of um, attributes do you look for in candidates that can be set up to work remotely? Um, I think it depends on the role in the department, of course, for customer success or customer facing. So although it's a remote position, we're not necessarily looking for individuals that are necessarily quieter or prefer to be more alone, which is funny because they're working remote, so they're isolated <laughs> by themselves. But you actually are, are looking for someone that even though you're just talking to them through the computer on a Zoom call, whatever it may be, there's a lot of personality behind them. There's a lot of passion, excitement. You can hear that in their voice as you're talking to them. And I think that was important for us because as we're talking with customers over the phone, through Zoom videos, you have to be able to share that passion. Um, and I think that's key for remote working is that so many people think it's so glamorous because you get to kind of do your own thing and, and be by yourself or work in a co-working office or a coffee shop. But at the same time, there's challenges with it and you have to have a, a personality and kind of like a mental state to be able to work through challenges of isolation and and just really be prepared for that. So looking for individuals that can do that is very important. Yeah, so obviously once you started to recruit, what sort of challenges did you face? Recruiting is always challenging. Um, we were very lucky in that we had a lot of applicants come through, a lot of really strong applicants. But I would say initially we saw a larger amount of qualified candidates for the Europe-based role, and we struggled a little bit with the U.S. role initially. And that was because we had opened two roles, but with one job description. And the job description just for some reason catered more towards the Europe side. So what we mm -hmm. did is after we found a great individual for, for Europe, we actually reevaluated the job description and kind of catered it more towards the U.S. side um, to make sure that we were reaching that target. What are some examples that you of things you had to change in the job description? Thinking back to it, I I think a little bit was the the time zone, understanding mm. the different time zones and what time zone you would be covering. Um, also, one thing that we did is the roles that we were looking to hire for, although we opened them at the same time, they actually were a little bit different. Um, the Europe-based role would be managing a certain set of customers. And then the U.S. role was going to be managing a, a different tier of customers at a different scale as well. So we had to cater actually like the job duties per se mm -hmm. um, so that there was more of an understanding of, of what they would be doing and an expectation of the, the level of that. So obviously this is quite new to you, uh, managing a remote team. What would you say are some of the biggest challenges or frustrations you've, you've had to overcome? Yeah, so 100% communication. It is. It was very new and is still very new to me. Um, I think that it really goes back to making sure that the people that you bring on to your team who are going to be working remotely with you, number one, you trust. But number two, also understand that when there are challenges, we have to be able to talk about them. I think the when we first came together as a CS team, as this new fully remote team, you know, we, we weren't really sure how to communicate with each other. We're in different time zones. So two of us are in the US, 
One of us is in Denmark and then we have HQ here in London. So we're working through three different time zones. And so to figure out our own flow of how do we support each other? How do we communicate? How do we make sure we're sharing successes and challenges? That took us a little bit to figure out. And we definitely failed a couple times. We maybe didn't talk about it at first. Maybe we weren't doing the right communication. You know, we had a, a structure in place of having calls at a certain time and meetings at a certain time and then overusing Slack and things would just get lost. And we had to reevaluate and say, it's not working. What else can we do? So what are some examples of things that you did? <laughs> yeah. So we had, like I said, when we first started, so when we first became fully remote, we had a, a structure in place of having a morning stand up morning for me being in the U.S., however, afternoon for anyone in the Europe side of it. But then we would also have weekly one-to-ones. And we kind of stuck to those two as like the fundamentals of when we were communicating, how everything was going, successes, challenges, and so on. Although we use Slack as well for kind of day-to-day stuff, we kind of stuck to those meetings. And what we found was that because I was in the U.S. supporting a team member who was in, you know, the Europe side of things, that's a, it's actually a six hour time difference for us. So when I'm online in the morning, she's already had six hours of her day with, you know, challenges, customer items, questions, things that need attention. And if we wait another two hours to have a call, that that can really impact her day because it's the end of her day and she's kind of left in the dark without any help. So we kind of changed that and we said, how can we communicate more? How can we talk before these other meetings? How can we open up calls? And so we started doing just a quick five minute we call it a coffee catch-up, even though <laughs> we're not having coffee. Um, but just a quick, if we need it, we'll get on. We'll catch up for five minutes on a video call, check in how everything's going. And then that gives us two hours from that moment until our normal stand-up with the rest of the team to go through some of those items. And then if there's anything outstanding from them, we then have another call scheduled. So adding on communication definitely has helped but also using outside of Slack. Like I said, Slack for us is amazing, but there's a lot <laughs> of Slack communication that happens. So making sure that we use Zoom video as well to see each other every day, twice a day has been awesome. And the other thing is that we set it up to have it at a certain time. If we don't have to have it, then we don't have it. It's not like it's, it's stuck in stone. If there's something else going on that's more important, we'll move it. We'll just touch base and say, see how everything's going. Cool. So something I've seen on Slack is you have like a CS updates channel where you guys report your ups and downs or highlights of the, is it of the week. Is it like a weekly update? It or? is a weekly update. Yeah. So with us three being remote, it's nice to be able to take a second and say what went really well last week, what was a blocker challenge, and what am I looking forward to in the next week? And it's not meant to be a task list of, okay, these are the things I did last week. This is what I'm doing, or this is what I can't do. And this is what I'm doing next week. It's really meant to be take five minutes for yourself and say, what did I do? That was awesome last week. What do I need help with? And what am I really looking forward to for this week? And it's really nice. The team has enjoyed seeing it from everyone else. And we've opened it up to some visibility. So other people in the, in the company can see it. And I think it just helps making sure that those remote team members are able to share those items um, with other people. Um, so actually last week I went for drinks with a friend and he just couldn't understand how, it, how it's possible to have remote working in a company. Uh, he just said, how can you trust people to get the job done? How do you know they're being productive? What tools do you use to determine that your team is being productive, that you can trust them? Like I said, for me, the biggest thing was bringing on team members 
who initially I trusted. That there was never a point that I wanted to bring someone on who I thought I was going to have to micromanage or be worried about what they're doing in their day. I think providing remote workers with their own responsibility. So even though we're customer facing and we have customers that we're working with and supporting on a daily basis, that's really our main focus. But we all also have our own responsibilities of different tasks that we manage and we're responsible for. And I think it allows as an individual you to know that you you have something to be doing that's yours. You own it. You can get it done you know, work through it. But then also visibility wise, it allows me to see that, okay, you know, they're working on this. This is great. They got this done. And it doesn't have to be a big thing, small, small little things, just something that each individual can own allows them to show their work. And I think that's really important to help build trust because especially with remote working, so many people get worried that maybe someone's not actually working. Maybe they're watching TV or they're doing whatever. And to have that work to show, I think is really, really important. Yes, I know that um, there's lots of books written about remote working, setting up in a company, but not much about managing a remote team. Anyone that's influenced you in how you approach managing a remote team? Yeah, so to be completely candid with that, so I just, I guess five months ago is when really we moved into me building this this remote team. Um, and at that point, there, I mean, to be honest, there really isn't much about managing remote teams. There's a lot about working as a remote worker in isolation and and that type of stuff, but there isn't so much about how to manage and support a remote team. So what I did is I really started to build up my network with on, you know, using LinkedIn to find individuals who are also, you know, kind of in the same scenario where they are managing teams. I found that when I first actually started managing the team, I, I sent out a post on LinkedIn and I got a lot of comments back about, wow, I'm, I'm excited to hear from you because I also manage a remote team. And so to build up the network like that is really helpful. I wouldn't say at this point that there's been one individual or one book that I found that has helped. But as I continue to grow my network, I think I'm starting to see more of that. So hopefully I'll be able to, to share that soon. I will say that as I've continued to build it, I'm starting to see more and more. And most recently, I've seen that there is actually a network on LinkedIn that's starting to be put together. It's not fully there yet of managers supporting a remote team. So that will be really cool once that's in place. And have you had support from your own manager? I mean, obviously, she hasn't done this herself either. But has she given you ideas and like thoughts on how to approach different, different challenges? Yeah, 100%. I think one thing that's been really helpful for me is that either of my managers um, have been really open to allowing me to kind of share what I think is working well and what I think isn't working well. Since they know that necessarily they haven't managed a remote team fully like this, they're not coming to me and saying, this is what you have to do. You have to do it exactly this way. It's much more of like, what have you guys tried? What's working really well? What can we share with other teams that are starting to go remote? Or what can I help you with? What what can we start doing that will help you guys grow even farther? Which has been really helpful because we're all kind of figuring it out as we go. Um, so it, it's good to have a solid support system, but not necessarily an exact way that it has to be done mm. every day. Um, and looking back, I know it's been almost a year. How do you think you have changed personally and as a team since coming on this journey? Yeah, lots of growth. (laughs) That's for sure. So when I joined in January, I mean, to be honest, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I (laughs) um, living in Florida, I was joining a company based out of London where everyone 
I was the only one in the U.S. I was very, very lucky to have Rachel as a support to help me understand the ins and outs of Sendable. And I think the support that I've been provided has helped me understand the support I want to give to my team, making sure that they're able to grow and develop themselves as well. I think the biggest thing for me is over the past year, I've been able to see such a unique culture of different individuals in different countries and just the amount of like culture that that brings um, and diversity. There's so many different perceptions, even just on the CS team. So we have three different individuals, um, but with very different backgrounds. And that just brings so much diversity. So being so open to ideas from different individuals because they have seen things differently, they've worked in different ways, really builds stronger processes for everything. Yeah, I've seen just obviously in this week with all the remote workers in London at the moment, they're just so close. I don't know how that's happened, but yeah. even though they're in different <laughs> countries, everyone kind of knows each other so well. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, we walked in on Monday and it, it almost just feels like you're just like back home. I, <laughs> everyone's giving each other hugs. But I think it all goes back to the, the culture behind remote working. If there isn't a positive mindset on it, it's never going to work. We see a lot of companies nowadays, I think, push remote working because they think it's the cool thing to do. And if you don't actually believe in it, it's not going to work. You're not going to have that culture. What do you think are the key attributes to a positive remote culture? Being open and adaptable to changes, <laughs> definitely. Trust. So not feeling that you need to micromanage. We use Slack, as I mentioned, a lot for communication and there can, especially being remote working, I think as an individual, I personally feel like my visibility has to be higher. I always have to be visible because I'm not in the office. But that only comes from me personally because I feel that way. If as a manager, you are making individuals feel like that, then it's not going to work. Um, and as you know, we have a, a social committee um, at Sendable. It's usually been um, operating from the London office. But you volunteered to be part of the social committee as the first remote, fully remote employee. Can you explain some of the things you've done as part of the social committee and how you've helped to include remote workers as well? Yeah, definitely. First off, when I volunteered, I had no idea how much the social committee <laughs> actually does. But I'm so happy I'm doing it, especially from a remote mindset, because we've been able to add in the, the remote you know, thinking behind it. So gosh, trying to think of a couple of things that we've done. Just a recent one is we had a, a Halloween party in the office, but we also invited all of the remote workers to join through Zoom video. We set up a video so it was on for the party. But in the office, there were different like board games that were being played. And so what we did is we actually found online games that could be played remotely in groups and offered those up to the remote workers. And it was a ton of fun. Everyone enjoyed it. We may have even had more participation from the remote team because everyone was so excited to be able to be a part of it. So that was really awesome to see. Um, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of people don't get remote working. They just don't know where to start. They don't trust people to kind of get the job done. Do you have any lessons for others, um, whether they're in management or you know their own companies? What's the best way for them to get started on, on remote working? I think first, make sure it's right for the company at the time you're looking at doing it. Um, remote working is not for everyone. And I don't think it's for every company. Again, don't you can't do it just because it's kind of the trendy, cool thing to do. Um, and I think really remembering that even though it, it is often looked at as a benefit to offer remote working, it, it's not always like glitz and glam for the individual who's working remotely. And keep that in mind. So 
if you do start offering it, it doesn't have to be kind of this huge production of, wow, now we're the best company because we offer remote working and this is such a great perk for all the people who get to do it. Keep in mind that there's going to be challenges and those individuals may at time feel isolated. And if you're you're putting it off as this really positive, this is the best thing we're doing, they're not going to feel comfortable talking about the challenges. Um, and I think that'll just cause a lot of isolation and quickly become more of an issue than positive. And just to end off, what do you miss most about um, not being in a non-remote company? Just the environment of like the positivity I guess like coming into the office this morning there's such like a you can feel the positivity uh, like just being sitting next to someone side by side with someone um, you do miss that you miss like the personal element of it very quickly of course there's silly things like coming into an office there's always way at least here way too many <laughs> treats cakes and breads and all that those goodies so you miss that stuff too. Um, but I think as a remote worker, you have to remember the benefits that you get. You got to be flexible. You got to be in creative environments and work from, from where you want. Cool. And I'm sure after this podcast, we'll have loads of questions from other managers or people looking to adopt remote working. Where's the best place for them to reach out to you? Yeah, absolutely. On LinkedIn, um, please feel free to shoot me a direct message and I'd be happy to connect and be in touch. Cool. Thank you all for listening and uh, hope to see you soon. Bye.